Hello friends, welcome to the show. My name is Tom Broback and I'm on a mission to help high school coaches keep their athletes happy and healthy. I love playing sports growing up. From backyard football to traveling basketball to high school track and field, there was nothing better than being on a team and playing to win a game. Unfortunately, I struggled with health issues and I know your athletes do too. This inspired me to become a physical therapist and sports performance coach. This podcast will help coaches like you learn how to keep your athletes off the bench and in the game. Do you struggle with keeping your athletes motivated and moving in the cold winter months? Do you know how to progress things like crawling, skipping, hopping, and small-sided games? How much fun do you program with your athletes? Today, we talk about these questions and more with Jeremy Frisch. Jeremy runs his gym in Clinton, Massachusetts, and is a leader in the LTAD community and an excellent follow on Twitter. I hope you learned how to make the gym the best place for your athletes in this episode. You know, a lot of kids are transitioning to spring sports. Winter sports just finished, so I got kind of that going on. This is usually my busiest month because um, when spring, uh, when the fall, uh, winter sports finish, there's about a three week lag before, um, you know, before uh, spring sports start. So I get a lot of kids coming in, and you know, a lot of the young, a lot of the young kids are still cooped up from being inside all year. I mean, all winter. So, um, so those guys are still doing like my youth programs, and and then, but then once the weather changes, things start to quiet down, and everyone's outside playing baseball and lacrosse and doing all that other stuff. So, yeah. Do most of your winter athletes play a different spring sport? Or are they doing their winter sport in the spring? So I got probably split. Like some of the, I probably got, uh, I probably have, um, yeah, it's probably half and half. You know, some kids that I have that play a lot of basketball will now transition to baseball. But I also have a fair amount of kids that will go from, you know, high school basketball over to AAU basketball. So it's pretty, it's split. My own kids, my my two oldest boys, will they went right from basketball and uh, they'll go right into baseball. So they've actually been doing a little bit of baseball. They go to the cages a couple of days a week with their teams and stuff during the winter as well. So, yeah. It, it's amazing to me. So I just turned 30. So I was in high school like 12 years, you know, 12, 15 years ago. And some of the things I assume are the same, like are definitely not. Yeah. So I have to always check in with like sure. high school kids or yeah. their parents. Like, sure. Hey, like this is way different than even uh, five years ago, ten years ago. Yep. Um, so some of that kind of sport related thing, I I always ask like, hey, like what do you do? Are you multi sport? Do you play? Do you do club? Like what do your friends do? Because um, what I assume what worked for me and my friends isn't necessarily the case anymore. So sure, I think uh, I think uh, sometimes we assume like, oh, like. It's exactly the way I had it. Right. No, not even the like like things like technology. Like the, all these kids have either iPads or computers now, and they can do remote. You know, they're doing remote school and they figure that out. And that's just way different than no different. Yeah, you're when, still right. When, uh, and I, I don't. I feel like I wasn't there that long ago, so I can't imagine another ten years what it's going to be like. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, and, and even just like when I was in high school, like strength and conditioning wasn't really a thing, you know, it didn't, didn't really happen. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it just like blows. Like, I can't imagine not being a thing. And now it's, 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 I mean, obviously like we're in the circles, but it's right. huge. If you wanted to lift when I was like in high school, you like basically there was like a dude down like the gym who liked to lift and like loved to do bench and curls and stuff. And like, 
basically yeah. everyone latched onto that guy and you went down and like worked out with them if you wanted to, but it was usually at some like little dungeon gym, you know what I mean? And, and like you, most high school kids were even scared to go down there because they didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, it wasn't until I got to like out of high school and then I got to, I went to prep school for a year before I went to uh, college and I kind of got knocked around playing football. So I was like, basically the coach was like, listen, I know you've never done it before, but you gotta, you gotta start strength training. You know, you gotta start doing, doing this stuff. So, um, it's funny. There was a kid in our team who played fullback and, uh, he was like one of the kids that was into strength training. So I just was like, I'm just going to follow you around the gym and just do whatever you do. And I remember the, the, still remember the first day he made me back squat and I was just like shocking to my legs. Like I didn't know what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a tough intro. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but that's how, you know, that's how I get into it. And then it's sort of like over the years as I kept first, it was more of a, you know, personal, personal interests of mine, just to use strength training to get better for football and sports. But then I realized like, Oh, like this might be something like I could teach other kids to do, you know, as I got older. So, um, and that's, and then I, ironically enough, that's how it was happening all over the country. Like strength and conditioning was starting to kind of grow and become a real thing. You know? So it's pretty neat. It's amazing. A lot of coaches I talk to and, and for myself, uh, when you first start working out, you you usually like follow someone else. Yeah. Like, hey, this person told me to do this, or you know the glory days of looking up stuff online on bodybuilding.com or other websites, and you're just clueless on is this going to meet my needs and my goals, sure, right? Sure. Um, but I think you have to go through that phase in order to understand mostly what doesn't work. Hey, this is too risky. This is too much volume. Hey, this is too little volume. Um, and you have to kind of learn, um, by trial and error, but now that we have so many good coaches out in the, in the, in the world, in the country, um, you can learn from them and kind of bypass some of those sure, steps. Sure. And it seems like with what you post on social media, a lot of your kids are learning at a very young age of here's a wide variety of exercises that are going to help me. And here's like a, a fun, but also uh, effective way to to implement it and make myself not only a better athlete but a better human being and a better mover. Yeah, so I think I, you're so right. You got to go through that. You know, I think a lot of coaches go through that period where you're just like trying a bunch of stuff. Um, what's interesting with me is that I can still remember. Uh, you know, this is when I was in college. Like the internet was just sort of started to happen. You know what I mean? It wasn't even really a big deal, so there wasn't many websites. So I would like read i was remember reading like bodybuilding magazines and uh i would like order books through the mail so like you'd order a book you'd send them a check you wait like three weeks they get your check and then you would be another three weeks it'd be like six weeks till you got your book but like, i couldn't oh my god i couldn't wait to get the book you know what i mean i'd be like oh and then i yeah. eat it up i just like so it's funny i there's a, there was a book called um there's a book called dinosaur training that I saw, I was thumbing through like an old Iron Man magazine and this guy was selling this book called uh, Dinosaur Training. I was like, man, that looks real cool. Had like this dude like lifting a weight with one arm over his head. And I was like, I'm just going to buy this. I want, I, for some reason it, it makes, it, it looks like, like a really good book. And, and, it, and, and I finally got it. it. It was probably one of the most influential things I've ever, I've ever read because it really just talked about like abbreviated basic training using big exercises you know, things like squats and deadlifts and presses and rows. And, 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 uh, if you wanted to, and, and it wasn't like, uh, you know, we talked about even using Olympic lifts, but it wasn't like Olympic lifts to develop power and, 
you know, rate of force development. It was like, oh, you know, the old time barbell guys did this back in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. They would just pick things up and, you know, press them overhead. And like, these are great exercises to develop all around bodies, you know, all around strength. And, and, uh, and it really influenced me. And that's kind of how I got my start because then I just jumped in the gym and I started doing that stuff. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. So over the years, uh, as I got older and I was around more younger athletes, um, uh, even when I was still in college, I would start teaching some of the high school kids this, some of the things I knew. And then obviously now it's kind of, I knew this is what I want to do for a living. So it spawned into the, into what it is now. And I think over the years, what I've figured out is, is that throughout different ages, there's certain things that athletes need to be doing. And, um, you know, and you probably see some of my posts, but like, I th- I'm really I'm a firm believer in like in, in order to get the kids to really enjoy the serious stuff later on, you have to do a lot of fun stuff when they're young. You know what I mean? You got to make it enjoyable and engaging for them because then they'll stick around and then they're going to eventually mature and they're the way they look at things is going to, is going to change. And so when that happens, if they liked what they did when they were younger, they're going to continue to keep, you know, kind of that process of what they did. Uh, what they can do when they get older. And so that's kind of like how my facilities run. Like if you come in any day, you're going to see like high school kids doing their basic, you know, your basic strength and conditioning, nothing's fancy special. But then as you go down the, as the hours go by during the day, you're going to see younger and younger kids doing different, different things. You know, the idea is to have them go through that process of, of, you know, fun and, and uh, ABCs of movement all the way up and through, you know, teaching them the kind of learning how to train all the way into, you know, training to train. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun job. It's taken me a long time to sort of learn how to deal with all the different ages, but that's, you know, that's the, that's the joy of coaching, I guess. How did you gain the confidence to go from training yourself to training other people? Uh, You know what? It started, I think it starts really, um, innocently enough like like uh for example my two of my best two their twins you know he, they had a little brother you know and it was like hey they were already i uh, had graduated uh college and off and working and i was still in school and they were like hey can you work with you know our little brother for the summer so he would just tag along you know what i mean so that was like kind of like my first sort of introduction introduction to training and i was probably terrible you know what i mean but it's funny he's a big strong scary green beret now so it's maybe i did something right i don't know but um but uh <laughs> you know that's kind of how it started and then you know one day he brought his friends and then you know then i and then i got a opportunity when i was in school to substitute teach just to make some extra money and i remember the principal being like hey after school can you go down the weight room and help some of the kids because they you know he knew i was into lifting and stuff like that so that's kind of how it happened like just kind of you just sort of dive in and get your hands dirty and i'm not you know i was probably awful i was probably a terrible coach I didn't know what I was doing, but, but that's, I just, it's the, it's what you have to do. You know what I mean? It's, 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 that's, I think that's how you, you become a, a, a competent coach is to just get your hands dirty and start figuring it out. Do you think you struggled more with like the technical aspect or more of the kind of communication, like teaching, uh, understanding where they're at like that part of the coaching aspect when you first first started i think i was better technically at teaching it like i could teach that stuff um i didn't realize the ages i was working with like i mean i like at first i'd be like trying to teach a nine-year-old how to power clean you know what i mean when they just need to learn how to skip and crawl you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i didn't know like kind of for me it was figuring out when to teach what you know 
um, the, the good times and when an athlete is ready. But like for the kids, like those teenage kids, I, I always felt like I could do a decent job of getting them to do it fairly competently. Um, the only issue with that is I always felt like it was exhausting. You know what I mean? Especially when you have like a lot of groups of kids, a lot of groups and you got a lot of kids and you're just teaching that stuff like all day. It's like, oh, you just, it, it grinds you down. It wears you down. You know what I mean? So what I figured out that um, if you start teaching the kids a little earlier, but just a little piece, piece by piece and not worry about how good they're doing it. Like if you walked in the gym and you saw some of my sixth graders doing some of the lifts, you'd be like, oh, these guys are awful. But you know what? They only been doing, they've been out, <laughs> but they only been doing it for a month or so. You know what I mean? Right. My plan is for them to be awesome at doing those exercises when they're like sophomores or juniors in high school. I don't really care. I just, I'm just introducing this stuff to them. You know what I mean? So obviously we're going to look for technical competency, but it doesn't have to be awesome. And the thing is, this is not going to be great for a lot of them because they're all growing like crazy. You know what I mean? They're all got different, different time periods of growth and maturation. So you're going to see things look kind of funny, right? Um, but the goal is to slowly introduce um, those technical components of of lifting so that when the time is right, they can take hold of those things and really turn them into something good. I don't know if you saw the post like I put up last night. My son had was deadlifting um, on – I had put a video up. But, you know, he spent an entire childhood just, you know, being at my gym, skipping and crawling and doing all the kid stuff. And then as the years went by, he sort of dabbled in some strength training. Like we taught him had some simple things, but he never got super strong. He never like pushed any weight. He just would do it because he saw older kids do it. You know what I mean? But now he's 15. He's going to be 15 soon. And now he's hit a growth spurt. He's grown like crazy. And now he can express those skills that he's learned when he was younger because the, the sort of the foundation has been built. And now the, uh, you know, the hormones and the, and all that stuff's there for him to really build, to build himself up. So, you know, that's kind of my idea of long-term athletic development. When I have younger kids come in for physical therapy, I used to try to just treat them like adults. Like, okay, here are your three exercises. This is how you do them. How many times a day? Um, and like, just kind of yeah, talk to them right. like they're an adult. And I knew like that didn't work. I felt the pressure because their parent sure. was watching me and they were at a formal facility and I felt like this is how I had to do it. They're paying me for my expertise. Lately, I've really tried to do some of that, but some of the session is like, all right, we're going to play a game. Kids like, oh, game, sweet. And then try to make the game a little bit related sure. to what we're doing. And A, the kid's buying way better. B, we probably get better results because they'll actually do it or they'll start doing it at home. Um, but I still struggle with kind of what is fun and what's productive and, and like where can that crossover be? How have you figured that out with the, with the younger kids? That well, you it took were? me a while because, you know, like I, at first I just took a chance and was like, we're going to do, we're going to do this fun stuff now with the idea. Like I knew, I just had this feeling in, in the back of my head, like, okay, we do this fun stuff now and get these things in place. Like when the time is right, they're going to be able to, like I just said, they'll, they'll be able to use these skills, um, you know, a little bit more competently and put them towards any athletic endeavor they want to do, or, you know, if they, they want to get stronger. They can, you know, they're going to be coordinated and athletic and they're going to be able to kind of to, to jump into any sport they want or any activity they want. Um, so, you know, it's really, 
it's sort of really, I don't know. It's, I took a chance, you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I think, I think that was the biggest, the biggest thing I did because I realized that down the road, it, it did, uh, it did, you know, it sort of showed itself that it does work. You know what I mean? Um, but there is a transition, right? So I think it's with the age. So with like, for example, like my third, fourth, fifth grade kids, they just primarily play games and we do activities that I sort of disguise training. Right. So we don't going to do, we don't do formal acceleration work, but you know, if I throw a tennis ball and they have to sprint after it and get it, you know, they don't know that they're working on their speed, but I know that, you know what I mean? Um, you know, if I asked mm-hmm. them this, if I set up an obstacle course where they have to like kind of crawl or, you know, sometimes we put like these, um, hula hoops up, like taped up and they're, they have to crawl through the hula hoops without touching the side, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, kind of like, mm-hmm. um, operation, you know, like, you know, so they have to be really slow and methodic and get through, but you know, they're working on their coordination. They're working on their stability. They're going through different ranges of motion, you know, they're, but in their head, they're just having fun doing this silly activity what I'm looking at is like, Oh, we're developing these skills. You know what I mean? So we do that, but then that changes like that. You know, we still try to keep those things, but as they get a little bit older, maybe sixth, seventh and eighth grade, then we sort of have that kind of 50, 50 split, or maybe like even like 25, 75, where like, we're going to do fun games and, and, ha- and enjoy, you know, part of the session, but we're also going to buckle down and now we're going to start to teach some of those, like you were just saying, like, there's got to be some formal, some formal things in there as well, you know, that you can start to teach them um, and they can start to learn. And so then, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it comes with age as, as, as they get older and more mature and they understand what they're doing, then you can start to slowly kind of organize the training a little bit more, you know, but it, I'll tell you, it's not, it's not, and you know what, there's days where I like, you know, it, it, I get tired trying to figure out, those games like or those activities like to make it fun like because it's way easier to just have an or put everyone in line and be like line up skip hop shuffle you know what i mean it's so easy to like have a a ultra organized program than it is to do something a little bit more loose you know what i mean it's way easier i mean that's i used to do that's what i did when i coached in call i I was a college strength conditioning coach i mean every session is ultra you know organized everyone lines up you know boom everyone's got the same shirt on and every exercise needs to look perfect. And like, we're all looking like robots. You know what I mean? That was one of the things that kind of, I wanted to get out of when I was co- coaching college, I wanted to have more, you know, freedom and, and do more things. So that's why working with children is, is for me, has been such a blessing because I can, you know, the way my brain works and my creativity and, and uh, I'm not the most organized dude in the world. So it works perfectly for me, you know? I, I struggle with that. I'm glad you brought this up because I struggle to finding a game that is fun that the kid's going to compete at, but also is trying to get what we, we get done and not just, hey, we're doing like we're playing yeah. spike ball again. Like right. spike ball is super fun, but like, can we have some variety to this? And social media has been awesome for this because you can just copy sure. what other coaches are doing and implement it or put your own twist on it. I've also tried asking uh, the kid like, hey, let's play a game like pick any objects in the room here like i love it let's do something and it's kind of like two camps some kids are like oh let's put like this thing here and we're throw the ball at it but you got to tag me first and then other kids look at you like this is dumb like or they're just not they don't have that creative sense that might have been just depleted based on so many different factors um do you ever get input from your kids on 
like here's an activity here's general guidelines where you guys kind of help sure, me out all the time yeah you give them a little bit of ownership and let them kind of set the game up sometimes i'll just be like all right fellas we got uh, two hula hoops a ball and this noodle i want you guys to make a game and they'll try to come up and make a game you know what i mean sometimes it's like ah well it's not going to work or they'll they'll start it and it's not that fun and they'll change it you know what i mean sometimes they they hit the nail right on the head and they come up with something awesome so you can or I'll give them a bunch of obstacles. I'll be like, all right, here's a bunch of obstacles I want you guys to use, but you set up the course. You know what I mean? So they'll go out and then they'll set something up, which is fun because so they so they're gonna open up, they're gonna they're you're gonna spend part of the session with them just setting up, you know, them moving stuff and picking stuff up and putting it here and there and trying it out, which is a lot of they have a, kids have a blast doing that. You know what I mean? The strength coach in me is looking at them like, Oh, you're not really exercising right now, but the creativity that they're kind of getting through and some of that stuff is is well worth it, you know. So, um, and like again, if 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 you had a session where like, um, you know, you may let's say you didn't have a lot of movement going on because you were doing some type of activity like that. Like one night, one night, I let the kids all build forts, right? So they took like all the gymnastics mats, and we had like two forts, and then they had like a dodgeball war. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they really didn't run that much. So the last ten minutes, I was like, all right, set up the balls. We're going to do a relay race. And then we ended up, you know, they, they did a relay race for 10 minutes and everyone was huffing and puffing and sweating by the time they left, you know? So we ended up did, we, you know, we did end up getting some type of movement and, and, uh, and have them, you know, exert themselves as well. But the whole setup of the forts was freaking awesome. You know what I mean? And then they're, oh, I got involved. <laughs> did you yeah, get involved? Were you involved in playing, that? You know, I started yeah, playing yeah. Uh, dodgeball <laughs> with them. So. So, you know, that stuff's, that stuff's all on the table as well. It just depends on the timing, how many kids you have, like who's in the facility that night, you know, things change, um, as the days go by. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think, um, I love when kids are creative and come up with stuff. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but you, you say on the same token, there's kids that just, you know, they're totally cool with what, whatever you say, you know, like, Oh, let's go do this. They'll go, they'll go off and do it. So. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not like everyone's not the same. Every kid's on his own timeline. And so trying to figure that out is probably the hardest thing, especially the transition years, like fifth grade to sixth grade. Like now these these kids are like seeing mm -hmm. kids that are a little bit older than them doing different training and they want to try that. And so there's that transition, those transition years. Same thing with like, um, you know, kind of eighth grade to freshman or seventh grade to eighth grade or eighth grade to freshman year, like those kids see older kids doing stuff and they sort of want to transition to that type of training. So it, the key is, is figure it out because I've had kids who are like, no, I have kids. I've had kids who are physically look like sophomores in high school, but like mentally they're probably like, and emotionally they're probably a sixth or seventh grader still. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, although right. they look like they should be just doing an organized training and, and lifting, they probably need a little bit more looser structure um, in their program. Whereas like I've had like some of the, some of the like girls who, who uh, played like soccer, like club soccer, they're like 10 and they come in and they're animals. Like they just, they just want to, they want to lift and they want to like do speed training and they like anything you tell them, they're just like, okay, yep. And then they'll go, you know, they're almost like 10 year old body, but, but emotionally and, and uh, intellectually and, and uh, psychologically, they're like a 15 year old, you know what I mean? So it, it all depends. It can be different for every kid. And I think trying to nail it, you know, nail it down and figure out where those kids are at is the, is the best thing. You know, it's probably the hardest thing to do, but it's also, if you can figure it out, it's, it's huge for them as an athlete. 
one aspect of human beings, if you tell them not to do something or they can't do something, yeah. they just want to do it more. How do you handle when a kid's not ready to do an exercise? Let's yep. just say like a trap bar deadlift. Like they just haven't expressed the moving capabilities to start loading and working up towards that, like their peers or even kids a couple grades older than them. How do you get them to still buy into the process of we're trying to get you prepared for that, but not have this as, um, something that they can't do now. And then that's all they're going to focus on. It's right. like, well, he said, I can't do it. Right, right. I really want to do it. Like, like that sure. natural so, instinct. You know, one of the things that I was, would, would I'll usually do, especially like a deadlift or something is, you know, we'll give him a kettlebell or something like that. And just, uh, you know, I, I just explained to him, like, listen, we just got to take a step back before we take a step, take a couple steps forward. And I just need you to learn this well before, you know, you go on to that. I know you want to do that and we're going to get there someday. And it's going to be soon, but I just need you to kind of lock down. And I always tell them like, look around, See all these kids here, like all the older kids, because all the older kids are always in there when the younger kids are in there. And it's like, see these older kids? Look, they're all doing different stuff. They're all doing different stuff because everyone's built differently. You know what I mean? So that guy over there is doing this exercise because he needs to, you know, he needs to do that for a certain reason. Might be for his sport, but his body might not might not allow him to do one thing. So I'm having him doing something different. So I try to real, you know, I get to sit down and talk to him and and just explain to them that everybody's different. And, and they get it, they get it because they see it, you know, it's all around them. You see everybody doing a, so many different exercises. And, and again, that's how my brain is too. So you'll see, you know, you won't see every kid in the gym doing cleans. You won't see every kid doing snatches. You know, it's every kid just doing deadlifts. It's a wide range that I sort of kind of look at the kid and say like, what, what's good for him? What, how, depending on his body type, his sport, his ability level, all those things, you know? So that's why it's important too, to get to know the athlete, right? So, absolutely, because every athlete is different, every personality is different. It's like the best thing about being right. a coach, and it's also sure. sometimes the hardest thing because these kids aren't consistent day to day. One week, like they're super happy, and the next week, they're super down. And you're trying to figure that they're trying to figure yep. themselves, they don't even know themselves. You ask them a question, it's like they have no insight into who they are, what they want to be. And they're learning that and they're growing and you have to kind of learn and grow exactly. with them as well. Uh, another thing that I struggle with um, as, as someone who lives in a Northern state is getting different movement exposures in the winter. It's so hard to go outside, especially when you get older and to uh, have different movement. Even like in the summer, I did a lot of like jumping and sprinting outside in the winter. I'm just not as, as rearing to go when it's minus 20 here. Um, but with your gym setup, you've kind of made that opportunity possible for kids to get the running, the skipping, the crawling, the jumping in. Have you found that to be a huge benefit, giving your uh, weather restrictions? Yeah, uh, living I mean, in a northern state, you know, who's benefited the most over the last, you know, twelve, thirteen years we've been open is my children, because like every time it's crappy outside, I, I'm like, hey, get in the car, we're going down to the gym, we're going, we're going to go run around. You know, I can't tell you how many thousands of hours we spent down there just alone as a family, just, you know, either the kids by themselves <clears throat> or, the, you know, having some of their friends down there. But yeah, it's been having that open space, even it's, it's not, it's not huge, but having that space um, to move, I think is hugely important for, for, um, you know, for, for our athletes, you know, cause we can do so much. We can do so much more. It's just not a weight room. You know, it's, it's it's everything it's it's a um you know we can warm up we can sprint we can jump we can do all those things and, and the kids do get and it's funny you know the building we're in is an old school building so I, like there's uh three floors so we run the stairs 
there's a big parking lot outside, you know, during COVID, um, there was kids that, um, they actually, so in our, in our town, they took down the basketball hoops all around town at every park. Like you couldn't play basketball outside during COVID. So I was like, screw these guys. I went and bought my own basketball hoop and I put it right outside my door, right in the parking lot. And like, since it's a private place, they can't do anything about it. So do we would have, you know, during that time there was kids, there would be, I would pull up to work and there were kids be playing three on three already outside you know, at our place, some of the kids I knew that came to the gym, some of the kids I didn't know, you know, cause it was like the only hoop in town. Um, and it, there was a light right. that was on the building right above kind of where the basketball hoop was. And man, I drive by at night and come on. Some of my kids would be out there at nine, 10 o'clock at night, still shooting around. And I'm talking dead of winter, dead of winter. You know what I mean? Because like, they just hadn't, they had nothing, you know, they had oh, nothing wow. at that time. Sports was out. They were in, yeah. they were, they were doing remote learning from home. It's just, so it was, it was huge for them to have a little outlet. Um, so, you know, having that space during the winter months is, is huge. And if I had a bigger space and I could afford a bigger space, I would do that as well, because that's like the one thing that's missing. I think in a lot of kids' lives is during those, those winter, those winter months is they don't get access to like really trying to, unless you play a sport to really run around, you know? So when I was a kid, we had a place right in our hometown. It's been sort of closed now, but it was just this huge open gym and you could go up on Friday and Saturday night, you paid two bucks. And we would play everything. We would play dodgeball. We would play basketball, football, you know, but it was just an opportunity for, to run around for hours and hours, you know? So yeah, space is a luxury, uh, during the, during the winter months in the Northern States for sure. When I was in college, I had a group of guys, we would go to, we had like a field house and then there is a couple of basketball gyms on campus and we would play. Uh, we would either play like football, like touch football, or we would like get basketball game going. And those yeah. are the things I think I remember the most because there's, it was a, like you're moving and you're exercising and like, it's good for you, but also just that like social camaraderie that a lot of us sure. lose when we stop playing sports. We don't have that, um, connection of having teammates, having like a common goal, like working out together like that really goes away when you're adult, if you don't replace it with something and it's not ever going to be the same, right? Like a pick a basketball game isn't the same as being on like a varsity team, but it's, it, it, it fills that bucket that sure. has been empty for sure. a lot of us. Um, and I think, I think the more kids are introduced early on to this is like, there's so many benefits to exercise, not just you getting better, but you can work out with your friends. You can teach others. Like there's, there's unlimited possibilities. I think that carry over into adulthood will be better. And we'll have more people going to gyms. We'll have more people exercising. We'll have more people understanding the value of strength, uh, strength training, uh, and being active. And I think that seed planted at a very young age, it's hard to do. It's hard to work with third graders. Like I, I totally understand when a t- nine year old comes in sometimes I'm like, right, right why did I get this kid? He's not listening. Like he just doesn't want to be here, but it seems like you've been able to create a very positive atmosphere, um, to start kids off on the right track. And you work with people of all ages. And I'm sure you've seen over your long career that people have stayed active, that they, they've understand the values that you've, you've implemented and they continue valuing exercise into their high school career, into their college and beyond yeah to, uh, yeah we get a lot adult. of kids you know it's funny it's the best when you get a kid like um i had a kid that i coached 
and he had graduated from college and, you know, he had, he had, uh, started working and was kind of in a high stress job. And he's like, you know what? He, t- he emailed me one day. He was like, I walked in the gym and, uh, the first day it, it was kind of just like a corporate gym, but he's like, you know what? He's like, I knew exactly what to do. Like I knew that I had to kind of go, you know, I went and warmed up and I stretched and I did this and I just like did all the sequence. And then I went over and front squatted and did this. And all I could think of is like, thank God I know this stuff because you know, I, if I, I couldn't imagine walking into this gym and not knowing what to do. And so, you know, I think you give kids, um, tools to navigate life. You know what I mean? Um, and try to stay healthy and, 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 uh, be able to also be able to go do stuff, you know, like, like, uh, when you get older, if you stay, stay strong and healthy, you know, you don't get hurt going skiing or, you know, going off and doing some other recreational activity, you know, cause, cause that's a real, that's a real risk too. And it really sucks. Like if you're an adult and you tear an ACL cause you went skiing or, you know, um, yeah, anything like that. You definitely want to try to be, you want to be strong and healthy so you can be active. You know, you got to kind of train for life, I guess, so to speak. And I think that starts early. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's a little crazy. Like if you've ever seen some of the videos, the gym's an absolute, it's a chaotic mess, right? When I'm there, but every night when I leave, I feel like I, we did a good job. You know, like a lot of kids got an opportunity to move around a lot, you know, and that's, and then the older kids, I feel like the kids who put their time in, um, that's the other thing too, I, we can talk about, but you know, I think when you, um, first get an athlete, you front load, you kind of front load the, you put, spend a lot of time with them and put a lot of work into them in the beginning and really make sure they got that stuff down. And then as they get older, you can kind of let them go, not let them go. But like, I have a lot of kids that just come in and they just lift, like they just go, they just come in, they stretch. They warm up. They know what to do. They've been doing it for so long. They don't need me anymore. You know what I mean? They ask me questions. They ask me to program for them. But still, like, I don't need to sit by their side anymore. And it's, so it's nice to you front load your attention on them and make sure they know what they're doing. Is that when they get older, they can go off and go do what they need to do. And then you can then spend time with the new kid coming in to get him going. And it's just constant, you know, kind of. It also allows those older kids to teach some of the younger kids what to do, which gives them more autonomy. It gives them more confidence, gives them more self-awareness. It also allows them to ask higher level questions so you can have a better workout space. They're not asking how much does the bar weigh? What, what do we do for stretching? Like what time are we done? They can ask like, Hey, like we did these last week, we're doing again this week. Is that what we want? You know, like they can ask those higher level questions. So you get a better response. You get a more focused group. You get a better environment. Um, And yeah, and like you said, it gives you time to spend your mental energy, your adaptive energy can be spent on the newcomers who need a lot from you. And you're not trying, you know, if you have, let's say 40 kids in there, you're not trying to manage 40 kids. You can... 10 of them can go off on their own. You keep nine them right there. Yeah. We had uh, a, we had, you know, really help we had a group and I had a group of young girls. They were like 10, my daughters in the group and some of her friends. But then I <clears throat> randomly a group of like three or four boys showed up around the same age, but they didn't want to like be in the same group. So I was like, all right, what am I going to do here? This place is crazy. And so <clears throat> one of my kids, one of the kids that I've been coming to the gym for years, he's a senior in high school. I'm like, Josh, I need you right now. He's like, yeah, man, whatever you need. I'm like, I want you to take these boys. I want you to go do 
you know, we're going to go do uh, some, uh, you know, first I want you to work on, you know, pick one of those exercises for their balance. Then I want you to give them a, some type of crawl. You know, then I want you to do some type of like, um, you know, rolling exercise. And I want you to put them through that for, you know, put some mats out and let's just have them do it for like three, four sets. He's like, yeah, good. And he took the kids and, and, and put them through that. You know what I mean? He did a great job. He's like, ah, oh. one of the kids, like he came back over. He's like, one of the kids said, uh, you know, they wanted to try, like, he was asking me about a, uh, 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 saw one of the kids squat. And I was like, cool. Why don't you, uh, take them and, um, you know, get some kettlebells. We'll do, teach them some goblet squats. You know, they're like nine or 10. I'm like, if they want to try it, we'll give them, give them, give it a whirl. So they did some, like some rows on the rings and some, you know, simple stuff and some squats. And the kids were like, oh, that was great. And then they were like, all right, Mike, I was like, what do you think now? He's like, I think they should just like play a little game or something and finish. And so they did a little relay race and boom, like the kid, this 18 year old kid just put these nine year old kids through a, a little workout. You know what I mean? And he did awesome. And the kids had a blast, you know? So it was so simple, right? It's like really not that complicated at all. And then I got to work with the girls that who were originally planned with and, you know, so it all, it all worked out great, but it wouldn't have worked out good if that kid hadn't been there for those years and listened and did everything and had gone through the process. So, yeah. It also shows you how much the kid knows because it's way different listening to a coach and doing what they're telling you versus teaching someone right. else what you're supposed to do that we know like teaching is the highest form of learning. Right. And if you're teaching someone else, you really have to know, uh, adaptations, sure. you know, modifications. You said like, Hey, like pick a rolling exercise. Right. Well, let's see how many things he can think of. You yeah. know, it's easy to think of one, like, Oh, let's do somersaults, but maybe that's like a twist in there. Maybe there's an obstacle. Maybe there's, um, a sequencing event. And I think that it, it, it should reflect very positively on you as a coach that if they can coach these kids very well, I must be doing my job. Cause I think sometimes as coaches, we always think we're doing well. But then it's hard to test that because sure. we're only going to do what we think is best for our kids. We're not going to have like, <laughs> it's not going to be like a research study right. where we have control group A, control group B, and like they're super different. It's like, I'm going to give the best to every athlete. But then to kind of test yourself, it's like, okay, maybe these athletes should teach someone else how to do it. And let's see how much is sticking in their brain sure. versus sure. going one year and out the other. Yeah. And you know, it seems like you've done a good, that age, a good like, job. So we that. ran into this issue like the other day. I help a, help out at another, at another facility, um, that's kind of trying to get off the ground and, and, and they wanted, they were introduced, uh, trying to, um, do some youth, youth athletic development. And so the issue was, is that they were dealing with some of the, these, um, these players and the parents and I guess the coaches as well is like, they really, um, were pushing us to do, you know, speed training for these 10 year old girls. You know what I mean? And it's like they, and, 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 you know, they were upset because they weren't doing as, enough speed training in the session. And so I had to like sit down and explain to them, like, you know, speed's great to try to develop, but that's for athletes that are already developed, who have had a good foundation and who are mature enough and old enough to understand like what they're training for. These 10 year old girls are not at that level yet. All right. They haven't even developed the coordinative capacity to be able to develop speed, to be able to take those. They don't even have the tools yet to get faster. And so it's really hard to explain because these parents want numbers. Like they want to see their kids, you know, 40 times get better and things like that. And I'm like, listen, they can't balance on one foot for more than 20 seconds. What makes you believe that when their foot hits the ground at high speed, they're going to be able to handle the forces that they're dealing with? You know what I mean? They can't crawl 
for 20 yards without swaying and turning, you know, they can't, they can't hang from a bar for more than 30 seconds, you know? So we need to develop these foundational things first before we ever care about how fast they are. Will they get faster? Yeah. I can guarantee you when they're 14, 15, I can get them way faster. They might even get faster just by doing this stuff that I'm talking about, but I will not, I will not stand there or train these kids, you know, and try to teach them all these, uh, you know, speed drills and, and just get them to sprint just because you want to see a number go faster on a stopwatch. Cause that will never carry over. And eventually, you know, what's going to happen. Those kids are going to not like the training session. They're not going to train hard and down the road, they're going to not want to play soccer mm-hmm. anymore either. You know what I mean? They're, Cause you're just pushing them into this higher level training that they're not prepared for. And so that's, I think it's hard with the youth group because there is, you're deal, you're, you are dealing with sort of like, the training doesn't really show itself. You know, there's no super, you know, when a kid gets a little bit more coordinated, you can't like really see it. There's no number there. You know what I mean? But you know that the things you're putting in place are going to kind of show themselves down the road, which is kind of difficult to explain to people. But for the most part, people believe in you and they understand what you're saying. But every now and then you run into that, that, uh, kind of conundrum where they don't they're not listening you know and that happened you know what happened even worse is it's it's usually in 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 those groups where like there's an organization that's trying to be like really high level like high level travel sports you know they want to see results they want to win now they want they want this Mm -hmm. like oh we want to be the best around the area around the region we're going to go to nationals and so all they're looking for is like this confirmation that they're getting better right now when the reality is is who cares how good you are right now Let's be good when we're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You know what I mean? And so, so that's been the, that's probably the biggest. And of course I could make up some type of like tests. Like, Oh, look, Johnny, Johnny's better at the end of his six weeks. You know what I mean? But like, I, I, it's hard for me to do that because it's not, it's really not what we're training for. We're not, we're not looking for that. We're trying to develop skill, right? Skill is what we're trying to develop. And if you can prove those skills, then speed and strength and all those things will get better later down the line. So, sorry. What? Forty times? No, yeah. Forty times are tricky because if you improve by like right. point one seconds, like that's huge. Like as a coach, you understand that, right? But right. parents oh, yeah. are like, yeah, yeah. "What? Why is he like a half second faster?" It's like, well, they're, they're, like the ceiling for growth is so small, um, and just like the num, like it's just like a number thing. Like if you run a f- five second forty, like at best you might get down to like sure. a four eight sure. or a four seven over several years, right? So I think just yeah. that number is never going to be big enough for them. Like you're not going right, to get right. three seconds faster in a 40, right? So I think some of that, um, it, it doesn't translate well. Also, I've seen messages lately where like for 12 year olds, it's uh, like the best indicators would uh, yeah, be, so do they true. all come back and play your sport next year? And like for you, do they all sign up for another season or like another, however you do your, right. uh, sure. your billing? Like, do they all come back next summer to work out? Like those are, and are they healthy? Do they play? Do they miss any games this year? Are they having fun? Are they learning? Are they growing? Like all that other, like all those other metrics will yeah, come with time if they keep working at it. But when you're nine, 10, 11, 12, what are the, right? What are the, the key performance indicators? And it's not going to be 40 times bench press, those traditional weight room numbers. It's going to be, are they having right. fun? Are they getting, are like, are they making more friends? Like I, most of my friends I made growing up were playing with sports and, 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 and later on, like working out and going to the gym and doing everything like kind of sports related. 
how is all that? And and, and they're doing all that stuff. They're yep. going to have more success skills, later you know, on. Skills, when you learn certain oh. skills, they allow you to learn more skills later on. You know what I mean? So the bigger your toolbox, the bigger you can make your toolbox when you're younger, the better out, the more tools you'll have to use to figure out a problem later on when it gets, when, you know, when sports get serious, right? Because everyone says like, uh, you know, I think it's Birkenshansky uh, or whatever, you know, he, he said that, uh, you know, sports is just a, a problem solving activity. You know what I mean? Well, you need, you need tools, you need the tools to solve those problems. Mm. And the more tools you have at your uh, disposal to solve those problems, the better. And so those, those tools are developed during childhood through a series of, you know, diversity and, and, and variety, you know, allowing children to, ex to get exposing them to do a whole bunch of different things all the time. All right. So, you know, that's what, that's what, that's what youth athletic development is all about. It's not about, you know, time in forties and, and pro agilities and, and things like that. And the other thing too, is like with kids is that they change, right? So kids will go, I, I think it's Kelvin Giles who said like, um, you know, kids go to bed as a, a kid goes to bed as a kid. He wakes up as a giraffe. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like they just, they grow all of a sudden. They're just, even my second son, he's in seventh grade right now. And I mean, his arms and legs are just so long. He's just so gangly right now. And it just added, it happened out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And so it's funny because he, he's a fairly athletic kid. And some of the things he used to do when he was smaller, now is um you know he's it's a little bit more difficult because he's so long you know what i mean he's so long and, and but on the other hand like that that length is how allows him to do things that he couldn't do in the basketball court like play better defense or get a rebound or you know throw a baseball harder catch a football things like that so you know as one as your body grows you're you sort of lose the ability to do one thing but maybe gain the ability better to do things better in, in another sport so and that's why too another thing like when kids start to grow, I always keep some of the things that we did as when they were really small in the warm up. Like for example, like, you know, rolling or gymnastics type activities, because, you know, the kids can do that stuff really well when they're younger, but as they grow now, their base of support, their center of gravity is different. Right. And so we want to still, we want them to still be able to do those things as their body's growing. So it's really important to keep those activities in there in their workouts. And probably the best place to do that is like in the warmups. You know, so that you know, during our 10, 15 minute warm up, we'll have those, we'll have the kids do those those type of activities just to kind of make sure we still hang on to it um, as they get older. Speaking of getting better, what is one thing you are looking forward to either changing in your programming or adding or taking away? What's one thing you're looking forward to these next couple of months working with the athletes well, and clients that, so, that you interact? You know, coming. I feel like the last few weeks, I've, I don't know what it is. I just had this like creative wave, just, just coming up with different ideas. And, and, uh, what I've been really trying to do lately for, especially as we're, cause we'll transition outside. Like I'll get the younger kids outside instead of being in the gym, how to do, how to continue to do what we do, um, with less equipment. Right. Cause I do have a lot of props, you know, I got a lot of different things inside the gym that the kids use. And so how can I create a world-class training environment? um, for youth athletic development, but not have to rely on, um, you know, the things that I have in my gym, like, can I get by with like some foam balls and some hula hoops and maybe, you know, some, uh, some jump ropes and, and, and maybe, uh, things like that. So, um, I was going, I, I went that entire route during COVID. I was literally driving. I had a truck and I had like hula hoops and med balls and 
and uh, and uh, sticks and things like that in the back of my truck. And I would literally drive from house to house, stand 30 feet away from a kid and tell him what to do for 45 minutes and then jump in my truck, drive to someone else's house over and over and over for four months during during lockdown. Um, but but and I really enjoyed that because it forced me to get creative because like you're literally in it's like you and one kid and he's looking at you and like how do you make this fun how do you make it so he wants to be out there not inside playing video games you know how do you get the training effect sort of like like how do you make sure that they're sort of pushing and pulling and moving through full ranges of motion and you know some getting type of some type of like squatting and lunging and you know like all that type of stuff that you need to i think kids need to be exposed to um how do you do that all in a in a 40 minute 45 minute session while making it fun with minimal equipment right so um, i think for me going back outside um because we've been stuck inside all winter is to try to figure out how can we have a good time and 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 have uh have a good program um with minimal equipment that would probably be my my biggest goal coming up I'm excited to see that. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast, Jeremy. I appreciate you. Keep posting on social media and good luck working with your athletes. You do a great job. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me on.